5: Here we go. Football season is here. Congratulations to Clay Travis. Man, did he nail that pick of the Naval Academy last night, huh? Really, really impressive. I love it. I love teasing my boy, Clay. Oh, music. All I have to do is pick the opposite of the picks, you know, and not run a fever the way we were running a fever last year, and I get myself on a gambling show. Can we do that? Can we figure out a way in which we can do that? That would be be great. That would be splendid. Splendid. I'm teasing. I kid because I care. Um, Anyway, I've been listening to, I took yesterday off, but listened to a ton of radio, watched a ton of TV. BYU 55 to 3. Man, the Y is back. Watching games with no fans in the stands is weird, but... It is still football. It is on TV. And we are two days away from the kickoff of the NFL season. Deshaun Watson, new contract, will play against Pat Mahomes, biggest contract in the history of professional sports. Speaking of contracts, running back Alvin Kamara and the New Orleans Saints are reportedly extremely close to a lucrative contract extension, sources tell Shefty. The two sides are hoping to finalize a new deal in the next few days. That would silence any trade speculation, sources told ESPN. Okay. All right. Well, look, um, let's see what the final dollar figures are. The the, the word lucrative makes you think that it's a groundbreaking Chris McCaffrey sort of deal. The problem with that is that would be the dumbest thing that the Saints could possibly do. Right. Not because Alvin Kamara is not a tremendous player, but in the context of the conversation, like half the number of catches as Christian McCaffrey. He has been hurt. McCaffrey is not. And he has not proven himself to be nearly the in-between-the-tackles back that McCaffrey is. McCaffrey is three backs in one. Kamara is a specialty back, but an explosive home run hitter of a specialty back. They're, they're different types of football players. Um, but here's the Saints team that was 13-3 and last year, and is clearly, clearly all in. I mean, just clearly, completely, and totally all in. And if you look at their too deep, you know, they went and got Emmanuel Sanders, of course, was with the Broncos, then the Niners last year. Uh, Tracon Smith is their third wide receiver. Jared Cook is uh, their, their tight end. Like, that is a nasty, nasty lineup. But I was thinking about the comparison in one NFC 13 and 3 team and another NFC 13 and 3 team. And it could not be more uh, bipolar, right? Jordan Love will be third on the Packers depth chart to start the season behind Aaron Rodgers and Tim Boyle. Boyle rules! Since 2009, when the Saints won the Super Bowl, And it should be pointed out that when the Saints won Super Bowl, they then went through uh, Bounty Gate, and that hurt them. But also their defense sucked. Part of that is Bounty Gate. It hurt them. The Saints are 113-63. and The Packers, during the exact same time frame, 11 seasons, 113-61-2. It's pretty amazing, right? That's when they won the Super Bowl. In the time since, the Saints have made six total playoff appearances, one NFC Championship game. Obviously, the last three years have ended in some form of controversial ending. The Packers are 1 13 61 and 2, kind of the same record. Eight total playoff appearances, one Super Bowl, two NFC Championship games. By the way, one which they absolutely gave away Aaron Rodgers playing with a torn calf. So they, they both have an NFC Championship game to their name that they feel like they could have won. They both have playoff games if they feel like we're kind of robbed from them. One has a Super Bowl, one does not. They have a sense of the same record. They both have historically great quarterbacks. What is the difference in, in, in their decisions they have made? That's really what it comes down to. Because um, when you look at, you know, they go and get Cesar Ruiz, a center from Michigan, with their 24th pick. Now that's really high for a center, but why do you draft a center at that particular spot? Why? Well, because you want to win now. You reach for a need when you want a player to to to, to you want to make a play now. Like, "Sen, you're not having a backup center, be your center. Your center is your center." And Cesar Ruiz comes in and um, he's uh, he's been moved to guard, but he's going to start right away. Then you look at the Alvin Kamara contract and you start to realize, hey, this is two different ways of doing things. The Packers, yes, they want to win now, but they also plan for the long term. Jordan Love's a year away from being a year away. He is a futures play. And though they've done a better job of reaching outside the organization to bring guys in over the past couple of years... The fact is that the Packers continue to build to be good as long as possible, whereas the Saints seem to want to be seem to want to be great right now and not care at all. Not care at all. Right? Is that a, is that a fair is it, is that fair to point out? Of course it is. So I look at things and. I think my dad had an expression, or it was an expression that he used, which is there's there's many ways to skin a cat. I don't know how that became an acceptable phrase, right? My daughter's a cat lover. I can't imagine anybody saying skinning a cat in today's society without somebody complaining to PETA. But there is, in fact, a bunch of different ways to skin a cat if you understand what the expression means. There is. There's more than one way to build a winner. Generally, what you want is a quarterback under rookie control. Build up the entire roster around him. If you're going to spend, spend while they're on a rookie contract. And then once they become a max contract guy or a franchise caliber quarterback, then you have to load up again through the draft and through the numbers. That's what the Packers have tried to do. The Saints have done a little bit of that. They've done a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Ten guys, out. they've they've done whatever it takes to be competitive. Now, 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 now. Where the Packers have, hey, we're going to be good. We want to be good for a long time, and then we have Aaron Rodgers who can make us great in those one in those rare moments. I I don't I'm not I'm not criticizing this. i be uh, let's see what the final bill is for Alvin Kamara. Let's look at what the final bill is for Alvin Kamara. And then once we see what the final bill is for Alvin Kamara, then we'll find out if, in fact, they overpaid. Because if it's anywhere in the neighborhood of Christian McCaffrey, it's a ridiculous contract. And and I think some of this has just been negotiated through the media. Hey, we might want to trade him. That sounds like the the team getting ticked. Oh, my gosh, it's a long-term lucrative deal set to be announced in a couple of days. They're really close. That seems like the agent. But the truth is that The reason you have these negotiations and you're willing to overspend and go over the cap, remember the story of the weekend was their attempt to have some sort of sign and trade with Jevion Clowney and the the Jacksonville Jaguars. The only reason you're willing to do that is because you're in win-now mode. And not everybody's in win-now mode. Obviously, Jacksonville's in tank mode. Jets are in build mode. But the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, the Seattle Seahawks, Like, these are in win-now mode. What's curious is the Packers want to win now, but they want to win tomorrow. They want to win the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. There's different modes and different ways to, um, remember the expression? Skin a cat. So, personally, I'm not at all surprised that the Packers, Jordan Love who didn't play well last season, didn't have an off-season training program with the team, didn't have OTAs in rookie minicamp, mini camp, is struggling to pick up everything it takes to be an NFL quarterback since he was described to me as being a year away from being a year away. But I think also empirically it gives us evidence or it gives us empirical evidence that the Saints and the Packers have very different ways of attacking the same problem. How can we be good? The Saints want to be great now. The Packers do too, but they want to be able to be good for a long time as well. Coming up next, the Clippers got the win last night, taking two games to one series lead. I'll tell you who the Clippers remind me of in the NFL.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
4: Terms and conditions apply. Doug
5: Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. You know, I, I think um, I think not all sports are comparable, right? You, you can't, you know, we, we we like to compare the 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 Spurs and the Patriots, right? And there is a little bit of Spurs and Patriots in that. Ultimately, ultimately, Belichick and Brady couldn't coexist as Brady's star became so bright and. You know, I said last week on Cowherd, when, when, you, when you read the book Dynasty, which talks about the breakup of the dynasty, it becomes obvious that that Giselle played a huge factor, you know? And whether she was... I, I do think she was echoing things that Tom Brady said. But look, we, we all go home and complain about our bosses. I, I don't actually currently. I mean, if I'm totally candid... I probably shouldn't say this in front of an over over microphone, but I actually really like my bosses. It's weird. It's a weird place to be. Not that I didn't previously. Well, there was one boss, but a different place, and I don't even want to talk about it. But for the most part, like, I really, yeah, like my profession, what I don't like is when the bosses, for certain parts of your job, they don't, you don't, there's an opportunity available and they don't see it the way you see it, right? That's the only issue I've ever had. Ever. But for the most part, like especially here, dude, you know, the worst thing in the world is when I feel like I'm getting, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm letting somebody down by turning down a shift, right? That's about it. Other than that, like I, we got a good group. But I do think in the normal workplace, going home and complaining about your bosses, about how you viewed that part, I think is, is even in ours. I, you complain to your spouse. So when Giselle brings up you know how Tom Brady is made to feel and how he's not treated like a superstar, you start rolling your eyes going like, "Hey, you're not a supermodel. You're a football player and this has always worked." And Brady didn't evolve. I mean Brett Belichick didn't evolve. Brady did and that's where they are. That's what led to the breakup. So if you compare that to the Spurs, um, I don't know if Kawhi Leonard was that evolved, or if he wanted I think Kawhi's issue is more with the organization. His uncle had an issue with location and I, I think that there's a little bit of and, and look now Kawhi is viewed by many as the best player in the league and Brady of course is seen as the greatest quarterback of all time by many. So there are some parallels there and both wanted out, both got out, both and essentially end the dynasty, there's the parallel there. The Clippers have come from behind in how many playoff wins. I mean, that was the story of last night. If you flip on NBA TV right now, they, they, have the, they just played the Clipper game again, now they're going back over the Boston-Toronto game from yesterday. They come from seven down in the fourth quarter to come back and win the game. And I think of how they've slept walked through so many games, And I start to make the comparison of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Now, Doc Rivers has won a championship as opposed to Andy Reid had not won previously, but Doc Rivers had been the author of, people forget when they were in Orlando, he did a really good job. Then that thing kind of fell apart. Grant Hill got hurt, blah, blah, blah. Um, He was in Boston. They won a title, lost in the finals. So he's won previously, much like Andy Reid, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he did get to a Super Bowl previously. the the clippers there's some parallels though between them and the chiefs right in the if the clippers have a good season not really i mean not a terrible season but for a team that many people believe could win the league and win the championship and now look i told you what they were going to do they're going to play for the playoffs and they wanted to be ready by you know march and then in april really be a cohesive group and of course covid really shut that down they're still kind of working some of the kinks out but if you look at their talent at how they're respected and then you compare it to their record you're like hey that kind of comes up a little bit short you know the Kansas City Chiefs weren't the best team in the AFC last year that was the Baltimore Ravens even though they beat the Baltimore Ravens in a head-to-head matchup at home and so I, I think like just me thinking out loud um I think here's, a, here's an easy comparison. All right, the Chiefs were 12-4 and four last year. Remember, Mahomes, it wasn't even a bad year, but he did get hurt. He did throw more picks. He didn't have anywhere close. He wasn't on track for 50 touchdowns. And they end up coming from behind in every playoff game and the Super Bowl in order to win. Now they did end the season on a winning streak playing better at the end than they did previously. But I, I really think. But the Clippers didn't have the best record in the West, much like the Chiefs didn't have the best record in the AFC. But they had the ultimate bailout guy in Patrick Mahomes, much like the Clippers seem to have the ultimate bailout guy in Kawhi Leonard. And if Kawhi can't do it on offense, he can do it on defense. So I think there's a little bit of a parallel there. But you know, the, the teams that are that good can spot you enough points and can still come back and beat you it's almost like they're trying to find ways to entertain themselves.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
5: All right, let's catch up with Bucky Brooks. Uh, Move the Sticks is the podcast. Um, uh, Of course, uh, Bucky, you see him on the NFL Network. He is a former NFL player in his own right. But Bucky, let me me start with the Kansas City Chiefs. They are defending Super Bowl champions. Damian Williams opted out. One of their star linemen opted out. But um, they appear to be a favorite, one of the many favorites to, to get to and win the Super Bowl. How difficult do you think that will be?
8: Uh, it's going to a tough challenge. It's a tough challenge because when you become the champion, you get all comers. Everyone comes at you. You have to be on your best. Everyone is using this game as kind of a litmus test. And so the Chiefs have to be able to fend that off. And so the, the challenge comes from can Pat Mahomes, can this offense, continue to play at a high level? Can this defense build upon the momentum that they built on at the end of the year? I would say yes, but it's going to be a much more difficult road than they face as the hunter, now that they're the hunted.
5: Um, I, I I do think that one thing that hasn't been discussed, and maybe Thursday night is a, is a great way of looking at it and I know that they've lost a lot of home playoff games historically, but one of the things that makes Kansas City unique is that home field advantage is a real thing, right? It's, a, it's an absolute real thing. And as of now, this year, they will not have nearly the, the normal home field advantage. How does that affect them?
8: Oh, it's a huge impact. Uh, having played in Kansas City, I played there when... Derek Thomas and those guys are there. Um, it impacts them from a defensive standpoint because they are able to put so many points on the board. They force opponents to chase points, meaning quarterbacks may have to throw the ball when the defense knows. Well, without the crowd, um, it it impacts. They don't have the opportunity to force teams to go silent counts or to only go on one as opposed to trying to go on two because the offensive tackle can't hear the signal. So it does negate some of the advantages that their defense would have, but when you're as loaded as they are on offense, it continues to be a problem for opponents to have to chase points against a team that knows that you're going to have to play a certain way against them.
5: Um, Now that we have a chance to catch our breath what do you think of what Bill O'Brien has done in Houston? Now, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins gets a contract extension in Arizona. That was something that he seemed to be against. He needed to free up the money to re-sign Laramie Tunsil, maybe above market value, to re-sign Deshaun Watson, which, which he did. Um, were the moves as bad now that we look at them as people who panned them at the time?
8: No, I don't think the moves were as bad at all. I think, look, Bill O'Brien... Uh, kind of creates a, a storm on Twitter just because of his personality, and it appears that he doesn't know what he's doing. And, look, it's tough to be the head coach and the general manager. But, Doug, this is what happens when the quarterback is about to get paid. Like, when the quarterback is playing on the rookie deal, you can pay DeAndre Hopkins and all those other pieces of the puzzle. But when the, when Deshaun Watson is about to get $40 million a year, it now becomes about the quarterback. And you have to have cheap talent around him so that he can do what he does. Because your expectation is, I'm writing this big check to Deshaun Watson to make everybody better. I actually believe that this is going to kind of free Deshaun to utilize the entire field. Before, it was, hey, let me force feed it to DeAndre Hopkins. He's the number one. i got to make sure that he gets his catches. He's a dominant player. But I'm going to throw over there. I'm going to keep over there throwing the number 10. Well, now with the Cobb and Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, David Johnson in the backfield. He now can spread it out a little bit. So I'm going to say this actually addition by subtraction because I think we're going to get a better version of Deshaun Watson than we've ever seen.
5: That's the voice of Bucky Brooks who joins us. NFL Network Move the Sticks is, is the, the, the podcast. Um, uh, all right, let's 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 get to the Patriots. Cam Newton is their quarterback. They have good running backs. They lost a, They lost six guys to opt out. Uh, mostly on defense, Dante Dante Hightower being the the biggest name of the guys. Like, I I like it for Cam that he's going to get an opportunity, but can they actually win games?
8: Oh, I don't think anything changes in New England. I think, Doug, I, I believe this with the Patriots. The Patriots win because they're so good at what they do that most people falter under the pressure of having to play them. Because they're a team that values the ball, they take care of the details when it comes to the fundamentals. Teams fall apart because most teams aren't as detailed. When it comes to Cam Newton joining this offense, he is perfect for what they need at this time. Look, he is a guy that is going to create with his legs. I'm sure they're going to go back and revert back to Cam Newton being the runner and the dual-threat quarterback that he was when he was at his best. And I believe that they're going to continue to win 10, 11, 12 games because that's what they do. I think this will be the best version of Cam Newton that we've seen because he is going to be held to a standard that he wasn't held at in Carolina. When it comes to the fundamentals, game management, and those things, I think as he gets older, most quarterbacks manage the game better. I think we will see that with him, because that is what is demanded of him by Bill Belichick and staff.
5: Bucky Brooks joining us. When Jordan Love was drafted, what did you think?
8: Um, Look, I thought they were drafting a quarterback of the future, and I felt like when they took Jordan Love, that they wanted to have him there so it could take a year or two for him to get ready to play. And so now that they've moved him and he's been named number three, and I see everyone is freaking out. But what I want people to do is just go back and Google Aaron Rodgers' rookie year and his second year and hear the conversation that was being thrown out about Aaron Rodgers. Because his first year, he had to change from the Tedford um, mechanics to then – being done like the way Mike McCarthy wanted to do it, so he dropped the thing off the shelf. He became the Aaron Rodgers that we've seen. But it took him two, three years to become a guy that could be ready to play. I think we have to be more patient with Jordan Love, particularly because we haven't had an off season, We haven't seen him in preseason games. So, look, all the speculation about what he did in practice is practice. The game is different. So until we really get a chance to see him, I don't make a lot of about what the reports are because we don't know what he looks like in a game.
5: I was asked on Cowherd earlier today, Bucky Brooks joining us, NFL Network, Move the Sticks, the podcast with our guy Daniel Jeremiah. He joins us, Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. I was asked earlier today, you know, teams that weren't good last year that you expect to be pretty good this year, and everyone I talked to was like, you know, Arizona's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. They're interesting to me. Can they – Can they be good? Now, I'm not saying they couldn't be better. That division is really, really difficult. Um, San Francisco obviously had to replace some guys, but they're still loaded talent-wise. Seattle, we know how every game with Seattle ends. Russell Wilson with the ball running around and making plays. And then the Rams, as much as last year was a disappointment, they still would have made the playoffs with the expanded playoff field. Uh, What are your feelings on Arizona and their ability to be competitive for a playoff spot?
8: I love it. I love what the Cardinals are doing. I love what they're putting together. It starts with the quarterback. Um, The quarterback is the perfect new school quarterback. Like, look, he's a, a miniature version of Pat Mahomes, and I'm saying that as the highest form of praise. His ability to throw from the pocket is exactly what you want. Plus, he gives you the athleticism. He is going to be someone that is a handful to defend when the game slows down as he understands what defenses are doing to him. Adding DeAndre Hopkins gives them a, a true number one. Larry Fitzgerald can go back to what he is now, which is a number two, number three. So I think that works. The offensive line is still a bit of a question mark, but I think it's good enough for them to be functional, particularly with the way that Kenyon Drake plays on defense. Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons, and Buda Baker, that, that trio plus Patrick Peterson, they have enough star power on defense to be uh, a handful. I'm not saying that they're ready to go right to the playoffs, but I am saying they're going to be a team that pushes that 8, 8, 9, and 7 mark just because they are really, really good and really talented.
5: Bucky Brooks joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You know, I, it's weird. I feel like the Rams are like becoming the least discussed NFL team. Here they are. They had Boy Wonder two years ago. Um, you know They had Todd Gurley. You didn't have all these star players. Last year, obviously, disappointment. They trade away Todd Gurley. Now, I, I haven't heard any discussion about the Rams. Where are they as a football team?
8: Uh, the Rams are tough. They're a tough one to evaluate, right? So, Sean McVay took upon himself to kind of flip his entire coaching staff. Got rid of Wade Phillips, Bones Fossil leads, uh Got rid of some other position coaches. So it's now like a young coaching staff. But with that young coaching staff comes inexperience. And so how are these guys going to handle these wily defensive coordinators and other coaches that can give you a bunch of complex things and you have to have answers? That remains to be seen. Offensively, I think they're going to be fine because I think Sean McVay will admit that he got away from who he was as a play caller. This team, when they're at their best, it is a team that operates run off the outside, run the outside zone, complimentary play action. Jared Goff is at his best when he throws off play action. Cam Akers could be a star. Cam Akers from Florida State is one of the best running backs that I've seen. He can do everything that you want to see. Everything that you saw from Tom Gurley, the healthy young version, Cam Akers can do. I just don't know if that's going to be enough offensively for them to score enough points because I don't know how good their defense is going to be despite having – Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and a couple other solid guys.
5: Bucky Brooks joining us. Move the sticks is the podcast. Former NFL player, now an NFL analyst for the NFL Network. Um, Alvin Kamara supposedly is going to get a big deal, but we have no idea how big that 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 deal is. What what's the happy medium? Where's the where's the place? Because look, he's not. He hasn't been as healthy as Christian McCaffrey. He's not. Hasn't got the production of Christian McCaffrey, but he's very explosive, very versatile, and fits what they want to do what's the happy medium in order to keep him happy but to not over, massively overpay him?
8: Yeah, that's 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 the trick, right? Because I think you could say that he and Christian McCaffrey are very comparable in terms of their skill sets, the production, and their value to the team. Because I'm, he's the most important offensive player that the New Orleans Saints have. Um, I know Michael Thomas is great offensive player of the year, but Alvin Kamara is the one that everyone worries about. Um, they will probably slot him in. Joe Mixon signed at about $12 million per Christian McCaffrey's at 16. I think he falls somewhere right in between 13, 14 million annually. I think that's where he's going to be because he is a guy that you got to remember. Drew Brees may be done after this year. Whoever's the quarterback, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, or whatever, you got to have the pieces of the puzzle in place. Alvin Kamara's value is really, really important to the Saints because he is kind of the straw that stirs the drink there.
5: Bucky Brooks joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Alright, here's the big question. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been good in a long time, do have some talented players, do have a coach who I mean, like Jameis Winston, he obviously turned it over it threw for 5,000 yards, but he likes to chuck it down the field and Brady has been you know, really an underneath sort of guy. How does that marriage work?
8: Man, I don't know, right? So here's the thing. So Tom Brady, like everyone is celebrating like hey, he's out from up under the evil empire, he's going to be able to be free and be himself, What understand that tight, disciplined, detailed culture enabled Tom Brady to flourish and become the GOAT as we've seen it. Bruce Arians doesn't necessarily operate like that. Like, his mantra is no risky, no biscuit. He wants to take chances. He's a little more free-willing and those things. And so can they find that happy medium where Tom feels like everyone is on the same page, we're doing it the way that I'm very comfortable doing it, which may be a little more dink and dunk, a little more work in the middle of the field as opposed to push it down the field. That's not Arian's offense. So early in the year, the first eight games, it may take them a while. In fact, I'm going to say it may remind us of when Peyton Manning went to the Denver Broncos and the first part of the year they were trying to run Mike McCoy's offense and those things. And finally he just said, look, I got to do what I know. I think Tom Brady's going to have to do that. But when they do that, I think that offense and that team could really take off. I expect them to be good. I just don't know if I'm ready to anoint them as the Super Bowl contenders that so many others are out there saying.
5: The Browns obviously have talent. I mean, let's not forget they did beat the Steelers and the Ravens last year. They just, you know, couldn't protect. Baker didn't play well. That, you know, they, they were dysfunctional. The head coach was in over his head. Now you bring in Kevin Stefanski. Should be pointed out, hasn't been a head coach. But Lifer, the Vikings organization, a guy who last year with the Vikings, they, they like to run the football and then run play action, which really helps Baker Mayfield. Do you think it helps them live up to their, their, their massive potential?
8: Yes, I do. And I think it does, because when you look at the way this team is, quietly they got Kareem Hunt signed to an extension. So now you have two running backs, that can just pound it at you with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You got two tight ends that are able to work, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, on the outside, Odell Beckham Jr., and Jarvis Landry. So in my mind, this is a 12-personnel team, one back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. They run it, run it, run it, play action, one-on-one on the outside, and they find a way to control the game that would be the offense. Defensively, the question mark would be, how does Joe Woods call the game from a defensive standpoint. He's been a defensive coordinator before. He was the Denver Broncos D.C. when Vance Joseph was there. Has he learned from that experience going to San Francisco? Can he be a better defensive coordinator? Because the questions are really going to be on that defense. Can they slow down those tough, rugged teams that are in the AFC North? Their defense will ultimately determine how far they go. But, yes, I think this team is going to live up to some of the expectations that we thought we received from them last year.
5: Bucky, great stuff, man. I just want to tell you, I listen to the podcast. I tell DJ this all the time. It's so good. Your guys' depth of knowledge is amazing. Your opinions are based on, on not just facts, but, but true analysis of what you think, what people in the NFL think. It's outstanding. Bucky Brooks, follow me on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. Bucky, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks so
8: much, Doug. Talk to
5: you. DeAndre Hopkins got paid, but is he the best wide receiver in the NFL right now?
4: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to a game.
9: Game time!
6: This is game time.
9: It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Bayer. Dan Bayer, what is the game today? Doug, the game today is... Rankum. All right, so we are just uh, a little more than 48 hours away from the start of week one in a new NFL season. Doug, rank the top three season openers that we have in either college or pro sports. Wow. Wow. Okay. I think hmm. there are a few that stand out maybe more than
5: others, but. I I mean, Houston, Kansas City is pretty awesome.
9: Sure, and and I was talking more of like week one in the NFL, opening day, the start oh, of the NBA oh, season. Oh, I like thought that you were talking about thing. individual games. No,
5: no, um, just meaning like— When I saw this, I was like, I'm looking at individual games. Oh, yeah. So you got college football, college, NFL football, what else? You've
9: got uh, opening day, you know, NBA usually has a marquee night on a Tuesday. Oh, 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 oh. oh, on a oh. Tuesday. Okay,
5: I'm was. i I'm just going to be honest. My, I'm not smart enough right now. I didn't sleep great last night. Um, top three season openers, college pro sports. I would say uh, week one in the NFL is pretty good, but I'm going to put that third. Okay. I'm going to put week one in college football second because usually you have those three or four made-for-TV matchups, sure. right? I would put that number two. And I still believe opening day in baseball is is probably the best. It just, I, I, and I'm fully respectful. And you're like, well, Gallup, you never talk about baseball. And I'm not saying that I'm going to talk about baseball or talk about opening day. There just is something to it, you know? Um, not making the list, but should be discussed the 24 hours of college hoops when they do that. It's not the true opening day. I, I like yeah. that. It's just basketball around the I clock. was going to, I was
9: going to ask you, did you do like any of the midnight it, stuff? Okay. Yeah. With the I did. A, I did a
5: 6am game. I've done the midnight madness stuff. I've done a 6am game where I call play by play with Andy Katz and then driven and done, you know, NBA college basketball sure. that evening in Bristol. Like I've done, I've done kind of it all, uh, I've done d- two games in one day. Wow. Uh, that was that, but that was back bracket busters. Bracket busters. We did Vermont versus Nevada, and then we drove over the Donner Pass and did Pacific versus uh, Hawaii, I think. Hmm. Yeah, it was fun. Me and Dave Revison. We did that one year. Anyway, those are my three. All right. Doug, rank your top three wide receivers that you'd want
9: on your team in the National Football League. This is on the heels of the DeAndre Hopkins extension today.
5: That I would want on my team. That's a great question. Um. Hmm. I would want on my team. I know who my number well. I know who my number one is. I'm just trying to figure out my top three. That's a that's a that's a doozy, right? That's a doozy. Okay, I'm gonna go. Oh. Oh. Well, I, I, this is. Hmm. I'm gonna go Tyreek Hill three. Um, and my logic, I don't think he's one of the best, but he's so dangerous that he freaks everybody out. He makes the defensive backs play five yards deeper than they should, right? He just opens up the field, and he's a very good wide receiver, and they give it to him on end of rounds. They use him all over the field. I would, I'm going to put Tyreek Hill at, at three. Tyreek Hill at three. Uh, I'm going to put um, Julio Jones at two and uh, Michael Thomas at one.
9: All right, Doug, rank your top three title contenders right now in the NBA.
5: The Clippers at one. The Lakers at two. The Celtics at three. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, On the heels of the Novak. Do you see Milwaukee winning without, uh, you know? Uh, No, I
9: think it's going to be difficult, but I I wouldn't play him tonight. I I still think that... (laughs) I don't think that the You can risk... win a game without him,
5: there's no question.
9: Yes, yes. And I still think that the series is not in question. And so I just don't see the the value of the risk that could happen. Now, if they win tonight in our 3-2, different story for a game six and bringing him back. But I just don't see the risk tonight in in playing Giannis against the Heat. They're still down 3-1 in the series.
5: Yeah, I mean, he... Um... I, I we're going to uh, we're we're going to at some point at some point have a conversation about be like, oh, are they better off without him like no no no
9: Doug rank the uh, three places you would not want to be hit with a tennis ball this on the heels of the Djokovic yeah. Djokovic line judge situation over the weekend
5: uh I would say in the uh in the stomach three, in the eye two, and in the nuts one. Okay. I was gonna say throat would make <laughs> my top three. It would, but uh Did
9: she definitely get hit in the throat? I thought she did, but I that's what Back I thought. And to the left. <laughs> All Back right. Left. Uh it's not officially fall, but it's after Labor Day, so it's unofficially fall. The pumpkin spice is here. Three favorite
5: things about fall, Doug. Apples. I love apples. Um, the foliage, you know, and Mm -hmm. I mean, I have the weather that goes with it. Like when you're in Connecticut, you get to September 1st. It is magical Uh, and sports. I mean, and this year especially, right? You're going to have, I mean, did up until the Djokovic thing, like I actually told a friend last week, like does anybody realize they're playing U.S. Open tennis? We're gonna have the U.S. Open in golf, U.S. Open in tennis, Baseball, basketball, college pro football, and hockey all at the exact same time? Sports. That's the press. It's game time. Oh, that's game time.
9: <laughs> that's game, huh? Game time. This
6: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
5: Byer, what do you think happens with the Bucks if they lose tonight?
9: Um... I, I don't think it's a – you really can't tear anything down because everybody is is there. But uh, I don't think Giannis uh, signs. Um, I would you
5: know be what's surprised. Funny, you know what's funny but, about that thing? Is no one says what I'm about to say. Giannis needs to get better. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Like well, like, well, they need to put better players around him. Or he needs to get better. He needs to be able to make jump shots. He needs to get better. You know? I mean, just all the Euros and spins and step throughs, like that stuff is great. You got to be able to make a 17 footer. Uh, Everybody owes this one head coach in the NFL an apology. I mean it. We'll apologize next to the Doug Gottlieb Show.